Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 567, Feb 25, 2021. It was George Harrison's birthday on February 25th. Same as the youngest kid. My sweet Lord. Same as the youngest kid I used to have, she and uh, George Harrison. 58 degrees on this day in 1976 and 23 below in 1967. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. What a lovely day. It's all over the interwebs that American Airlines does not deny that one of their pilots spotted some unexplainable object flying over his airplane as he flew over New Mexico. But I'm intrigued by that. American Airlines does not deny pilot spotting UFO over New Mexico. Does, am, I, am I to conclude from that that they've been lying for 100 years, but now I've decided not oh, to? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and uh, again, you get the cool cockpit voice from the pilot uh, radioing below saying, you guys got something flying around up here? Because we just had a long cylindrical shape like a missile fly right over the top of us. And uh, American Airlines is choosing to accept that, which suggests to me that you've been lying to me on previous occasions. <laughs> Dennis Kufall, he thinks I won't read his email. Are oh, you going to? Of course. Oh. I love the people who say, oh, I know you won't read this. Those are the ones I read first, buddy. No, you just don't read the stuff we send you. <laughs> no, I ignore that. <laughs> Since I know that Joe has a negative bias toward President Trump, my guess is yeah. that he will. this will never get read. Well, okay, here goes. <laughs> I noticed that you were quite quick to excuse President Biden's gaffe on Tuesday. I would expect that. But I find it interesting that in your mind, President Trump never committed a gaffe. Well, let me stop you right there, pal. Oh, boy. I've never said that. Uh, among his lies were gaffes, but there's a distinction. And among Biden's lies will be gaffes. There is a distinction, sir, that you should apprise yourself of. Actually, you have always been quick to refer to the many instances where President Trump was misquoted, and those quotes were referred to as lies. The media, which you obviously are a part of, yeah. frequently quoted only part of what he said and made it into a misstatement. I wonder how you would feel if a statement you made would be cut off and then shouted from the rooftops to show you were a liar. Well, pal, that's essentially what you're doing. <laughs> when Mr. <laughs> When Mr. Biden was a candidate, he frequently misquoted what had been said about Charlotte and many others. We all know that President Biden misstates things. With regularity, we are just supposed to believe him because it's just Joe. I was looking forward to not hearing you complain about the president. You and all of us will truly miss. But it seems that just like your sister, Nancy Pelosi, he lives in your head, Dennis. All right. Thank you, Dennis. God almighty. I don't know what to tell you. Well... Joe, he didn't say anything worse than what I said to you when we were having the conversation. No, I know. I'm, uh, I'm more than welcoming of the... Uh, and just for Dennis, I wasn't going to do this because it's not that important. Well, it is important. 
AP fact check. Biden on virus deaths and carries climate crisis. President Joe Biden and his team are getting the numbers wrong when they talk about the enormity of the mounting COVID-19 death toll and the looming climate change threat. A look at the claims. Biden, quote, each day I receive a small card in my pocket that I carry with me in my schedule. It shows the number of Americans who have been infected by or died from COVID-19. Today we mark a truly grim, heartbreaking milestone. 500,071 dead. That's more Americans who have died in one year uh, in this pandemic than in World War I, World War II, and Vietnam War combined. He said that Monday. Well, we, we already pointed out that was wrong. But again, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, comfortable suggesting that the fellow purposely lied. He was given some wrong numbers. If anything, have a meeting with your speechwriter and say, look, if you're going to have me say that this is more deaths in World War I, II, and Vietnam combined, make sure you give me the right number. Because the facts are, of course, uh, coronavirus deaths in the U.S. currently do not exceed those from World War I, World War II, and the Vietnam conflict. All right? Are we, are we to uh, hold him accountable for an explicit lie? Staff? Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, we are. Like I told you the other day. This isn't a gaffe. This is a, a lie. But the caveat that you did supply that day was we're not there yet. Oh, we'll get there. That's, yeah. John Height? This year, actually. We'll get there this year. Obviously. John Height? Yes. Gaff or lie? Uh, I'm going with gaff. I'm going with and, and I also would like to point out, you said that was from the Associated Press? Yes. But how can that be? Because, well, the media isn't checking. Everybody don't, keeps don't, telling me, don't. including Kenny Olson. Don't, yeah. don't, don't. John, we're two minutes into the show. I've changed my name, by <laughs> the way. Ooh, this could, go in the, uh, this could go in the end of the world file. John oh. Kerry, uh, Biden's climate envoy. Quote, well, the scientists told us three years ago we had 12 years to avert the worst consequences of climate crisis. We are now three years gone, so we have nine years left. That was an interview with CBS on Feb 19. Uh, Kerry, three years ago, scientists gave us a stark warning. They said we have 12 years to avoid the worst consequences of climate change. Virtual Climate Adaptation Summit hosted by the Netherlands on January 25th. So the facts, he's incorrect that 2030 is a drop-dead date to avert the worst consequences of climate change, though it's true that the planet will get progressively worse with each passing year. B.S. It's not an all-or-nothing type of situation. Uh, a report by the U.N. government uses 2030 as a prominent benchmark. Okay, the report did not ever say we had 12 years left in 2018, said Jim Skia an IPCC co-chair and one of the report's lead authors. He said, Kerry and others are wrongly interpreting references to the year 2030, which was used as a goalpost for no other reason than it marked the transition from one decade to the next. No, it's used for no other reason. You keep pulling these statistics out of your behind. Climate sound, whatever. There you have it. A couple of corrections there. So in this case, it is a lie and not a gaffe. <laughs> I'll go with Kerry lying. Well, but again, nail no, down. In, in in both cases, it's just it's Hanlon's razor. Never attribute to uh, uh, nefarious intent, which can be ascribed no, to right stupidity. Here. Yeah, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Right. Yeah. And I think both Biden and Kerry can be accused of extraordinary stupidity. All right, but I'll I, accept that. But 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 a lie. A, the word lie carries a lot of weight. It's very consequential. It's, uh, yeah, it's, Ill it's intent heavy. is behind it, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there was no ill intent. There isn't even any ill intent behind Kerry. Kerry really is a moron. He is uh, he's, <laughs> he's a moron, and, and uh, uh, Biden might very well prove what to be. What do you mean? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Yep. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords. Uh, for the United States. Here I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere, I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly He's to meet fly. with people and get things done. Mm-hmm. But what I'm doing almost oh, full time is working to win the battle of climate change. Hey, and Kerry. in the end, uh, if I offset and yet. contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. Oh, we'll canonize you. Johnny, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Kerry, Johnny, uh, President Xi, uh, he burns more coal than you've ever dreamed about. And they keep building coal-fired plants. They're, this is an attack on the U.S. The Paris Climate Accords are B as in B, S as in S. has nothing to do with the environment. I don't want to go there again. I do it all the time. Yes, I'm going to give you a bright spot. It's positive no. Thursday. No, no, Chris, uh, let him go. Well, he's I do he's have turned one, a corner, and I don't want to... But I do have one question. When he says we must win the battle, are yeah. you guys picturing Kerry in, like, the Mel Gibson getup in Braveheart where he's got yes. the face paint yes. on and he's on yeah. top of and the a armored, horse? Uh, the armored yeah. uh, suit. He's going he's, in. He's got a giant sword. Mm-hmm. Follow me. A sword? Did you just call it a sword? A sword. It's one of Pat's great lines. What? I don't like sword movies. <laughs> what was his reasoning? He just doesn't like sword Who movies. Who knows? They're too medieval. I don't like fruit that squirts. I don't like fruit that squirts. We should start the Royce he doesn't like list. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Carl writes, Mayor, I've... I'm always looking for the bright spots in things, and I thought I would share this one with you. I had a motorcycle back in college as my primary means of transportation while at the U. But as I got married and became responsible, I sold it. I've always regretted the move, and over the following 35 years, I have wanted to get another. But I was always overruled by the CP, her argument being that motorcycles are dangerous. Now along comes the pandemic, and the CP becomes an outspoken critic of the shutdown and masks. Always willing to throw out math showing the low rates of death due to COVID. Well, I did a bit of math on my own. It turns out I am about six times more likely to die from COVID than riding a a motorcycle. Guess who has a brand new Indian scout being delivered in a couple oh. of weeks? <laughs> nice ride. Nice. Not saying I won, but always pushing back in the land of lakes, Cal Froelich. Cal, congratulations. You know what you did? You created your own permission. He created yeah. permission. How? Because that he can brilliant. go to the CP yes. and say, look at this, dear. You, uh, oh, you, sure. you're, yeah. you're downplaying these COVID deaths, but look at this. Here's the statistics. I'm more likely to die of COVID than I am a motorcycle accident. And she must. She either must have remained silent or shrugged her shoulders. You said, "Huh?" And all of which, all of which, constitute permission. So go, Cal. Get an Indian Scout, baby. Have you seen the new Indian Scout bobbers? Of course. Oh, they are just so outrageously sexy. That's Polaris, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's the yeah, it's the Indian badge. But Polaris now owns the Indian name. They do, they do, and that's why this is going to be successful this time around. And I would just love to ride one of those motorcycles. Wow, I love them. I uh, 
I think that uh, I'm probably done uh, motorcycling. You know what? And if you, I endorse that only because if you lack the confidence, you don't have business being on a motorcycle. So you know, that's okay. That's I think right. the I think the older you get, you, you have some balance issues, and, yep. and you're not as spry. And yep. I'm not going to ever give up my. Uh, Yamaha scooter that turns every errand into an adventure. I don't know how I'm drawing the distinction. I guess the distinction <laughs> is I'm going about 20 miles an hour on select urban streets, and I'm not putting myself in freeway traffic to drive to Wyoming. So that you're saying a that a, the guy that snapped his ankle playing golf shouldn't uh, shouldn't get on a motorcycle anymore? No, because what you're implying is that... <laughs> Uh, let me correct you. What you're implying is that I, I just sort of randomly fell down, which was not the case at all. You oh, oh. moron. Okay. okay, John Kerry. Okay. You, you do one thing and tell us another. Right. You go right ahead. I explained it thoroughly to you. Yes, you did. A 10-foot vertical drop off the back of a green, and my ball's in the middle of that vertical drop of wet sod. As I approached the ball from the bottom, I lost purchase on the wet grass and tumbled in such a way that I could hear that left leg snap underneath me. You're not in court, Joe. You don't have to sound like a lawyer. It's all, and it's all healed perfectly. How do you like that? Yes, it has. There you go. So don't tell me that has anything to do with motorcycling. Got it. Two different things. You got it? Got it. Got it. Timber. Oh, As he look rocks at him. He went down again. Yeah. He's down again. Why is he hobbling? People on the other on other tee boxes looked, and they just said, oh, it's just sushi. It's he just fell down again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You looking for lost balls over there, Sue? <laughs> Minneapolis leaders provided another update Wednesday about security plans for the upcoming trial of Derek Chauvin. Minneapolis Police Deputy Chief Eric Fors promised the city will be fully prepared for whatever the upcoming trial begins, I'm sorry, brings in the way of civil unrest. The main focus is prevention, prevention of property damage, arson, and looting, Fors said. And I've, I've been a little converted by our previous conversation and I do agree that just for the, just for the sake of the long-term outlook of, of the health and vitality of Minneapolis, uh, serious riot, rioting will have to be prevented. Otherwise, as we know, based on our own observations and talking with the likes of Kevin Williamson, the city could very well not recover from a second round of this. It might never recover from a second round of burning and looting. But I continue to insist that with these daily updates and news channel footage of barbed wire, rolls of barbed wire and concrete barriers and buildings getting boarded up and buildings worn to close and board up and leave, you might as well be hiring a calligrapher to send hand-engraved invitations to the people in Seattle and Portland. You mark my words. Because you are sending a message to the country, we are prepared for war. What they have nothing else to do. They would love to engage you. Yeah, they'll be here. But have have you guys driven by there, by the way? Because I did yesterday. I've seen the news footage on all our local news channels every night. You should do yourself a favor and drive through there soon. Past it, the, the the government center. Yes. Okay. It, it's it's 
it's almost as if you're in a different world. It, yeah, that's that's, right. the, that's the sense that came over me because you know I've been in, I've been through there a million times, but it was just it was sad. And it's admission that we are prepared to accommodate a faction of the American public who does not believe in our American judicial system. Because there are people who do not believe in our judicial system, one of the most fundamental, basic dynamics of American constitutional life. Because you people don't believe in it, we are going to prepare for you to accommodate you, while at the same time trying to protect our city from being completely destroyed by you. Why don't you hand deliver them a calligraphed, a calligraphed invitation? They're not probably only, already marching here. Not only that, Joe, they've prepared a little area where they can congregate and protest peacefully as they say by the way there is an actual area set aside for them i didn't sure that'll work i mentioned this off the air but did you guys catch any of jacob fry's press conference about safety yesterday morning yeah and that's what i'm referring to uh, chris yeah he said we need to provide space for the protesters yeah this is the leader of your city minneapolis yep that's different than saying we need to acknowledge that protesters have a right to speak. I don't know what obligation, you doorknob, you have to provide them the geography to do it. That's their problem. That's the protesters' problem. That's not your problem, you white-shoed little ballerina. With his mom jeans? Don't you Uh, like his mom jeans? God almighty, this guy. We want to make sure the right to protest is protected in every way, shape, and form, Mayor Jacob Fry said. Okay, that, that part's great. But you have no obligation, Fry, to provide them any geography to do it. But I'm, I'm caught. I can only take it so far because I'm in total agreement that the city cannot risk another fundamental period of destruction if it hopes to become or if it hopes to sustain itself as a thriving American city. It cannot survive another round of that kind of drama for a variety of reasons. Chief among them, you don't have the political class in in place who could rebound from it. You only have a political class in, in place who will feed off it. How many mythical dollars would you place uh, on uh, the assumption that there is going to be rioting? Well, see, when I first proposed the idea that I think you're telegraphing this too much, authorities, I think you're you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy, I I was of the mind that let's be optimistic and hope there won't be any rioting. But I've come full circle. The more you telegraph this and the more you send out into the world of the heathens that you've got your barbed wire ready and your concrete blocks ready and your boarded up windows ready, uh, there is no amount of money, I would bet, that there won't be rioting. Does that answer your question? It does. Yep. That's what I wanted You might as well be standing on a cloud floating over the country saying, everybody get to Minneapolis on March 8th. Because we're setting it up for you. We've turned our city into a fort. They've turned it into a fort. 6th Street South, which runs from the Hennepin County Courthouse, will be closed between 3rd and 4th. Uh, Metro Transit is not planning on any disruptions. Uh, 
but but you can guarantee there will be disruptions. I don't know that between just one block closure would be enough for me. I'd go from Washington down to 8th. Uh, and not Officials. only 6th, uh, but 5th also. Officials said the city's Office of Violence Prevention plans to fund a network of community-based groups that can be activated during periods of heightened tension during the remainder of 2021, including the Chauvin trial as well as the trial for the other three former officers, which will take place later this summer. I don't know if the other three officers' trial will engage the, uh, the unwashed as much as Chauvin. Chauvin seems to be the kingpin that they're after. <coughs> Even though they wanted to try them all together. Right. And I don't know if they made a mistake in not, uh, in not allowing him to be charged with third degree because you had a virtually a 100% chance of convicting him in third degree. I don't know if you have a chance. I, I don't know what the outcome of this trial will be. I have no clue. No clue. And either way, will it make any difference? I don't to think the, so. To the people you virtually invited to come here, will it make any difference? You are dealing with a group of Americans who have no interest in adhering to the concepts of our judicial system. None. Zero. Nada. What do they care? This is party time. Let's go to Minneapolis, man. They're waiting for us. they got everything set up for us. Let's get there. Chris. Um, Talk to me. What route did you take through downtown? Where did you see uh, boarding up at? Did you go over to First, Hennepin? Um, what did I we take? on Washington? No, what's, what's the exit I take off of 94 to go by the Viking Stadium? Is that 7th? Uh, and there's no exit from 94. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is. It goes over the light rail tracks. And you go by the church. And then I swung w. over. Is it Marquette? I think I took that way. Okay, I know I shouldn't have asked this question. Okay. Glad I for, what, for what purpose do you ask it? I'm just wondering how far and wide the boarding up and the fencing goes in downtown. I mean, is it from First Avenue North, basically Target Center, all the way over to U.S. Bank Stadium? Is it from the river uh, down to 94? Uh, what are we talking about? Everything boarded up? I'll tell you what I'll do. just around the government center? I th I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, on either Saturday or Sunday, I'll go on a reconnaissance mission. There you go. I'll reconnoiter. Yeah. yeah here, Kenny, I have it right here, Kenny. I think it's from the window to the wall. To the wall. <laughs> Tell the... Yeah. No, no, no. You know, as I look at the Red Savoy pizza locations, <laughs> I can find one not in harm's way. By the way, yeah. that pizza that I got, you know what's well, better than a Red Savoy pizza? Not a much. free Red Savoy pizza well, that's true. that that's you true. didn't have to pay for, courtesy of Tom. <laughs> but there is no Red Savoy pizza in downtown Minneapolis. And if I was Reed with plans to put one there, I'd wait and see how this all plays out. But right now, they're in Apple Valley, Blaine, Burnsville, Egan, Eden Prairie, Edina, Hugo, Lakeville, Osseo, Roseville, St. Louis Park, downtown St. Paul. Uh, St. Paul on White Bear Avenue, St. Paul on Snelling, Vadness Heights in Woodbury, the original soda-style pizza from the old establishment on 7th Street in St. Paul from uh, 1965 with that fabulous recipe. The word got out. Now Reed owns it, and uh, GLers are capturing the essence 
of the best pizza you will ever find. And you can go on the uh, Red Savoy app or SavoyPizza.com. Limited time only, online offer only. Build your pizza. Check out uh, GL at checkout, and they're going to throw in some wings for you when you pick up your pizza. And that'll be on Red Savoy. Now, your man yesterday, Tom, uh, obviously didn't do that, Reavers, or else he kept the wings to himself and wolfed them down on the way to bring you the pizza. I have confirmation that he did keep the wings for himself. All right. That's Red Savoy. It's the best in town. Has been since 1965. It's uh, the original recipe, and it's soda style. S-O-T-A, Red Savoy. Hey, it's Reavers here once again for Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. And Josh has a very simple question for you, and it's, do you know what you own? You see, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold's clients, they always know what they own. And Josh has found that most people that he meets with every single day, they have no idea. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds, and there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds currently yield. So Josh begs of you, no what you own and make sure you tune into garage logic every tuesday and thursday for mr money talks report you're going to hear it from himself that's right josh joins us every tuesday and thursday in garage logic trust is often overused and it's even harder to find please you can take it from me that you can trust josh give him a call today for that free 48 minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608 that's 952-925-5608 investment advisor services offered by josh arnold investment consultant LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Did you know that the sewer line that runs from your house underneath your front yard is your responsibility until it connects to the city sewer? Your sewer line can get clogged by tree roots or it can crack or break or collapse because it's old or the ground shifts over time. If your sewer line gets really clogged, it can cause sewage to back up into your home. You do not want that. If you have a sewer or drain problem, better call Bonfi. Save $150 off an intensive sewer line cleaning when you tell the folks at Bonfi, Royce sent you. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. I got a note from Sanibel Jim, who uh, was noting that we, he was reading this morning in the Minneapolis paper that despite their $10 million commitment to ongoing resources to advance social justice and support rebuilding and recovering efforts in local communities, uh, Target will not be sending its employees back downtown. Yep. Uh, I don't think he'll mind me saying that, uh, saying the following. As an aside, I was on the design team for Target's downtown headquarters as their security expert. That building is defensible, because there is no access to the office towers, parking, store, or support areas unless the thugs reach level two. And then we plan for such events with measures that would require me to have you killed if I described them to you. Okay, and he's being serious. He would have that done. Uh, And now he's talking about he and his wife uh, love Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in downtown Minneapolis, and for that they might go back downtown. But he said baseball and football? Nope. Concerts? Nope. The thugs own the streets, so let them have them. Okay, I vented. Now I'm going for a swim. Our pool is maintained at 84 degrees, and the air temp right now is 79 degrees, going to 85 later on Sanibel Island. Please be careful when out and about, lad. Practice situational awareness at all times. Sanibel Jim. 
All right. He loves to throw in that weather. Deal, he really he? does. He, he really just does. loves it. He loves it. This is what's happened to politics. I know I've done this before, but this one is preposterous enough to reinforce what I believe about who is running for political office. A proposed California bill would assess $1,000 fines to retailers who don't create a unisex gender-neutral toy and apparel space in their stores. You can't have the boys' trucks and guns in that aisle and the girls' dolls in that aisle. you got to have them all, all together. Oh, really? The policy would apply to all California retail stores with more than 500 employees. According to a Tuesday report from Reason, the proposed bill from Assembly members Evan Lowe, Democrat, and Christina Garcia, Democrat, would require retail stores to have one unisex section for children's products and apparel and face fines of $1,000 if stores refuse to comply. The outlet noted brick-and-mortar shops would have to display the majority of their... Uh, products and clothing aimed at children in one undivided unisex area on the sales floor. They'd also be barred from putting up signage that would indicate whether a product was intended for a boy or a girl. Company websites, according to the bill, dubbed AB1084, would also need revamping to show that the sections were divided into kids, unisex, or gender-neutral. According to the California Globe, the bill would specify legislative findings and declarations that there are unjustified differences in similar products that are traditionally marketed either for girls or for boys can be more easily identified by the consumer if similar items are displayed closer to one another in one undivided area of the retail sales floor. In addition, Keeping similar items that are traditionally marketed either for girls or for boys separated makes it more difficult for the consumer to compare the products and incorrectly implies that their use by one gender is inappropriate. You may foghorn that. I will do that right now. In 2020, Lowe, the legislator, who was also chair of the legislative LGBTQRMNNOPQRSTBYZ caucus, introduced a bill that was nearly identical, but put the movement on hold in May to prioritize COVID-19 work. At the time, he told Politico, this is an issue of children being able to express themselves without bias. If the bill passes, stores that violate the bill could be assessed a $1,000 fine. The bill is set to be heard at committee in March. And this is what's happening to America. Uh, I, I hate to get heavy here, but this is what's happening to America. This is who's running for office and they're getting elected. People who have no interest in civic consciousness, people who have no interest in uh, the cheer of goodwill and uh, social contracts with each other, uh, we're electing busybodies who are bringing their own personal agendas to the legislative process that have nothing to do with the running of a city or a functional commerce. Yep. It is, it's beyond outrageous. It's not American. It's the mystery. We're going to tell you, uh, Target, uh, how to display the uh, toys you sell to kids. You, you can't do it based on your own marketing knowledge and research and history. We're going to tell you from now on how you have to do it. And if you don't do it the way we tell you, we're going to fine you $1,000. I can't take this much more. I really can't. Can, can, 
Can I interrupt you for a minute, Joe? You may. It's odd that you use Target. Do you know why? I don't know why. I just did because I thought they as, had at least 500 employees. As, as I researched this story, yep. uh, I found that in 2015, yep. Target, Target actually moved forward with what you're talking about. In 15? In 2015. My God, are they ahead of the woke curve, aren't they? Tar- Target announced last week, this would be in 2015, its stores would begin phasing out some gender-specific product categories, switch to gender-neutral displays and colors after guests complained, or as a company statement said, they hadn't raised important questions. In the toy aisles, we will remove reference to gender, including the use of colors. The back of our shelves, you'll see changes start to happen over the next few months. The push to stop segregating shelf space for action figures and princess dolls rose to a national level in June, this is 2015 again, after a mom there snapped a photo identifying in aisle's contents as containing building sets and girls' building sets. Oh, I bet she's a lot of fun to be around. Boy, would that be a fun gal. Hey, Jack! Hey, CP! (laughs) CP! Are you home? When you get a Barbie at Target, what kind of aisle is it in? Jesus. <laughs> I think we got our highlight, boys. Come on down. Oh, Come here a minute. Come on oh, down. yeah. He's inviting her to the show. Hey, please this let her know is we're rolling. <laughs> yeah. Jen, come here a minute. <laughs> Don't use her name. Yeah, you just... Eh, too oh, late. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now. She's a bigger star than you. Right. <laughs> Coming soon with her own podcast. Here she comes. I hear it. Yep. Tell her we're on the air. Yes, please Don't tell her. I'm on the live. air here. I have a question for you. Are the toy, are the toy uh, aisles at Target uh, divided by gender? Are, are there boys' toys and girls' toys, or are they all mixed together? It's category. What about Barbie dolls? There's Barbie doll lane. Barbie doll lane. Well, yeah. There's yeah. There's a section for Barbie dolls. You gotta mix them up with. Paw Patrols, for God's sake. Yeah, I can't have that. Paw Patrol? Oh, what the hell is Paw Patrol? Hey, Joe, will you ask Will you ask the CP? My personal favorite Paw Patrol character is Marshall. Will you ask her what her favorite Paw Patrol character is, please? Uh, Reaver says his personal Paw Patrol uh, character is Marshall. Do you have one? Yeah, the girls have Marshall. Mm-hmm. Marshall. Yeah. Marshall's the firefighter and that always Sky. gets in. Yeah, Sky's a good Sky. one, too. Uh, yep. yeah. Okay, this I is... Have a, this got uh, derailed a, pretty quick. <laughs> Are you trying to find... No, there's a law proposed in California where the stores would be fined $1,000 if they did not integrate the gender of the toys. They have a, a Disney section, a Mattel section, Lego section. Where's the oh. fire trucks and stuff like that? But there's a big truck section. A truck section. And there's different Are there pink doll? trucks and... Yes. White trucks and black trucks. I don't think you have to worry about that, Joe, or else you know what? If you're curious, Uh, go yourself. I'm not going to (laughs) Thank you. I I was really hoping um, that you would give her uh, your headphones because I wanted to know how much she's getting paid per hour to do the housekeeping around the house. Hey, hey, why don't you close your mouth, huh? Look at, look at as word. you've been doing this, I've been doing the math, uh, yeah. so I know exactly how much you have to pay her. How many millions hour. of dollars is she owed? <laughs> it turns out, Joe, if you had to pay her, it would only be $2.29 an hour really? based on this lawsuit in China. Well, why don't yeah. you tell uh, listeners what you're referring to? This is a headline in today's Star Tribune. In China, husband ordered to pay wife for housework. 
and uh, reading the story, it turns out he has to pay his wife more than $7,700 in compensation for the housework she did during five years of marriage. So I broke it down, five years, 60 months, right? Uh, And they also say in the story about two hours a day. So that's 14 hours a week, 56 hours based on a four-week month, 56 hours per month, $128 a month, $32.08 a week, or $2.29 an hour. (laughs) You let me off the hook for that, I'd pay it. I know. I know. That's exactly deal. So where do I sign? Done. Let me. Where's the checkbook? Quick, quick. Hey, hey, hey. Based on what she said, it does not sound like Target. No, uh, is reflecting what you indicated, John, from 2015. No, I I think they found a workaround there based on what uh, the CP said. Yeah. You know, they divide it up into brands and categories. How can you possibly get away with a Barbie Lane, meaning L-A-N-E, a Barbie Lane when you have legislators in California who would fine you for that? And you believe yeah. me, we've got the morons here that would do it. But this isn't why I want to even go to the polling place. I don't want to elect you because I don't give a bleep what you think about <laughs> toys. <laughs> I want to know if you'll fix the streets. Yeah, they might have more important things to deal right. with, I think. They got a lot on oh. their mind. Speaking of <laughs> streets, Chris, have you hit that pothole on the edge oh! of St. Paul? Cromwell and Franklin, Such, if you're driving that cute little car of yours over to corporate, stay away from <clears> the <throat> intersection of Cromwell and Portland, or excuse me, Franklin, your entire car will disappear. Fortunately. Cromwell and Franklin, I'm, uh, that would be uh, it's right east next to of the river. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's right yeah, next yeah. to 280. In yeah. fact, Kenny, the only reason I saw it was because there wasn't anybody in front of me. When I got up. Yeah. otherwise, I would have drilled it, and my it's front the end biggest pothole I've ever seen. <laughs> it is huge. Is that in the city of St. Paul? Yes, because yep. it's on yeah, the because, east side of 280. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, the line goes right through our building. That's Ed true. Barry. That's true. That's true. Uh, why don't we take a time out, and we're going to return with uh, the world's best guitar playing newsman. <laughs> Hey, jailers, make sure you save the date for Saturday, February 27th. You may remember Eric Mishy's travel on a homemade raft to raise awareness for Spare Key. It's a local nonprofit that helps families in medical crisis. Spare Key is hosting Hope Across America. It's a virtual celebration with exciting surprises, entertainment raffles, and a special live auction. You can join Steve Patterson from Twin Cities Live and My Talk 107.1, along with other surprise celebrities, in celebrating Spare Key, serving families in all 50 states across America on Fridays. Excuse me, Saturday, February 27th at 7 p.m. To register, just head online to sparekey.org slash events. How do you know when it's time to make a move for higher profits? I'm Dean Diesick with the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. So many factors influence the decision to move. If you're looking for fewer taxes, less business regulation, and higher profits, Sioux Falls is the place and now is the time. Sioux Falls has build-ready sites and available buildings to get your company up and running fast. Best of all, any size company can make more money in the Sioux Falls area. We've got the details on our website at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Minnesota companies, just like yours, have considered their futures and expanded or relocated to the Sioux Falls area. Those companies are already enjoying the short commutes, safe streets, and quality of life excellence of Sioux Falls. 
Join them and discover our productive people, affordable land, reduced red tape, and fewer taxes, not to mention higher profits. Think it over. Now is the time to expand your business to Sioux Falls. Pay us a visit at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Kind of screwdriver you, you all. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Jesus. Joe's I'm hearing. Ray. I'm hearing a little Bobby Joe Gentry here. Yep, Bob, Bobby Gentry, not Bobby Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, you are really, <laughs> really the FYI. I'm hearing son of a preacher, man. That's what. That's I'd what hear. I meant. Isn't that Bobby that's, Gentry? That's not Bobby Gentry. No, Who's sorry. that? So that's that's what's her name? Dusty yeah, with Springfield. The, with the pipes, yeah. Oh, Dusty Jesse's girl, Dusty Springfield. No, it's Rick Springfield. Oh. <laughs> I love <Wow>. music, Doc. <laughs> Yikes. All right, then. Well, I'm not going to introduce you again. Well, you didn't introduce me yet, oh, but that's okay. here's John Height. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Wow. I appreciate that introduction. You know, we uh, this, uh, are always looking for uh, segments to throw the way of the Marconi. Maybe I'm going to capture the last, I don't know, five, ten minutes and send sure it that way. Be, Maybe that'll yeah. get Commercial us over the break. top, Joe. Huh? You mean the break we were in? Yeah, why not? This uh, update <laughs> brought no. to you by... Yeah, go ahead. I'm the king that. of second place, baby. I got second place all <laughs> over this place. Go ahead, the, Johnny. Uh, the news update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Okay, now tell the GLers your Fratelloni's store. Oh, run good point. From yesterday, yesterday Go ahead. I, tell I ran the story. The, I ran to the Fratelloni's Hardware Store here, the Ace Hardware Store, the Fratelloni's, because I needed a screwdriver because my wife always misplaces them. Huh. Okay, and I bought a. Not set much of, of a story when you're on the air. It's not. Now, off the air, it was much more interesting. It was a lot of fun well, off the air. there was, yeah. Go, John, with the news. This isn't important. Yeah. Go, it's, go. It's best you just move go. on. Okay. Governor Walls uh, talking about the process for expanding uh, COVID-19 vaccine eligibility for Minnesotans today. Uh, now, uh, this is happening this hour, so I'll just tell you what we have here that we know. Uh, at least 70% of people 65-plus in Minnesota, according to the governor, will be vaccinated by the end of March. If you are aged 45 to 64 with health conditions, you will be eligible for the vaccine in April and May. And all people 50 to 64 years of age will be eligible in May and June. And then the governor says all Minnesotans should be vaccinated by summer. All right. Got all that? Mm-hmm. All right, then. Uh, meanwhile, a hearing of the Senate Aging and Long-Term Care Committee was initially aimed at putting a focus on the pace of vaccinations for Minnesota seniors on Monday, but it, uh, or on Wednesday, excuse me, it quickly turned into a contentious debate over certain questions over that COVID connector website we've talked about. Karen Housley from St. Mary's Point, a Republican, said, uh, number one criteria, I think, when you go into this website should be, how old are you? However, Housley said she was surprised to see questions about sexual orientation, how you identify by gender, where you work, and whether you have any of several specific disabilities. Uh, the uh, folks at the health department agreed the question about age could be moved up on the questionnaire, but they defended the sexual orientation and other questions, noting it's data that's useful to know what populations were serving or not. That seems legitimate, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I was one of the first to question that, but the, the explanation works for me. Uh, they're making sure all all communities, disaffected or not, are, are getting it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci says if a coronavirus vaccine is available, regardless of which one it is, you should take it. The top U.S. infectious disease expert told NBC Thursday morning a third vaccine becoming available is nothing but good news and would help control of the pandemic. U.S. regulators had announced that Johnson & Johnson's single-dose vaccine offers strong protection against severe COVID-19. It is expected to be approved soon by the FDA. Fauci warns people not to hold off on getting the Johnson & Johnson vaccine while waiting for the slightly more effective Pfizer or Moderna shots. He says it's a race between the virus and getting vaccines into people, and the longer one waits not getting vaccinated, the better chance the virus has to get a variant or a mutation. At the Minnesota legislature, bipartisan legislation has been introduced that would make healthier drinks like milk and water, the default beverages in kids' menus at restaurants operating throughout Minnesota. Known as the Healthy Kids Meal Bill, legislation was introduced in response to the long-term health impacts of unhealthy eating and drinking on children in Minnesota. Sugary drinks are a significant contributor to diet-related chronic diseases among residents, according to Minnesotans for Healthy Kids Coalition. Yes, Mr. Reavers. We, we, we need a bill for this? Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah. 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 Apparently. Okay, yeah, so and is you, this going beyond school, John? Oh, so he uh, just yeah, said restaurants. Just restaurants. Yeah, right. restaurants. That's so so let me get this straight. If, if, if you're too stupid as a parent to not order your six-year-old a Diet Coke, if you're that mm -hmm. dumb... You really mm -hmm. need legislation for that? Apparently. Mm -hmm. but you're, this is why we're electing these people. <laughs> but, but you'll still be allowed to, right? Sure. If you want a, a Coke or a Dr. Pepper, whatever. Yeah, why not? I mean, if you you're on your way home, grab a couple Red Bulls, too. We Chris, are, we're you're doomed. missing the point. You're, no, you're missing the point. It's a treat for kids to go out with their parents. Give them a GD Diet Coke and shut them up. Let yeah. them have fun. That caffeine will really quiet down that nine-year-old. Uh, oh, you're <laughs> such a hippie. What's wrong with you? Such a hippie. <laughs> Apple mini stores will open in select Target locations and online this month, expanding the number of iPhones and accessories available. Uh, the first with the concept will be in Monticello. The mini stores will expand locations through 2021, according to Target. The newly designed stores spaces will better display the Apple products in Target, plus Target tech consultants trained by Apple will be able to better answer questions and give product demonstrations. Are they general neutral uh, displays, John? Uh, possibly, yes. Best Buy said Thursday it's laid off 5,000 full-time store workers earlier this month, even as their sales soared during the pandemic, as homebound people bought laptops, TVs, and other gadgets. The company said it cut the jobs because more shoppers are choosing to buy online instead of coming inside the stores. Best Buy said it will replace the 5,000 full-time employees with 2,000 part-time employees. The company is retraining workers to help with online orders, and more space in stores is being used to ship orders or to get them ready for curbside pickup, where shoppers buy online and get their orders in the parking lot. Uh, Long-time Twin Cities and Minnesota musician has died, Peter Ostrushko, who worked with everyone from Bob Dylan to the Minnesota Orchestra, died Wednesday afternoon of heart failure. He was 67 years old. 
Whether he played with big names like Willie Nelson or contributed to Ken Burns' documentaries, Ostrusko was ultimately a Northeast Minneapolis guy, according to friends. He grew up in Northeast Minneapolis, picking up his dad's mandolin at age three, eventually learning to play everything from Ukrainian folk songs to jazz. At the age of 21, he was summoned from his sickbed with pneumonia for his first time in a recording studio. Uh, those sessions... The Blood on the Track sessions for Bob Dylan at Sound 80 in 1974. No kidding. Wow. Mm -hmm. A versatile multi-instrumentalist and fast study. He was welcomed by Garrison Keillor as a regular band member on a Prairie Home Companion, where he accompanied uh, numerous performers, including Emmylou Harris, John Hartford, and others. He also had a presence on television, appearing on Austin City Limits, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, and Late Night with David Letterman. His music was heard in Ken Burns' documentaries on Mark Twain and Lewis and Clark. He earned a regional Emmy for his soundtrack to the 2005 series Minnesota, A History of Land. Between 1985 and 2010, he released more than 15 albums under his own name, most for Red House Records, which is based in St. Paul. He had suffered a stroke in early 2018 and had been in some ill health since that time. I had no idea it was that big of a deal. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Huge. Huge. I think you just taught me something, John. Are you telling me Blood on the Tracks was recorded in downtown Minneapolis? Well, Sound 80, wasn't that in Bloomington? I thought it was right on the edge of Minneapolis and Bloomington. Oh, I thought, I it, always, I thought it had always been downtown. But the whole album was recorded know. here in Minnesota? No, they did some uh, rework in New York also. But he recorded it twice. He recorded it once, didn't like the results. I think that mostly was in New York. Came back here, re-recorded a bunch of songs uh, with local guys, basically people who just showed up that he knew. So, really? Yeah. That is yeah. by far, and I don't mean to insult anybody, that's my favorite Dylan album. I love that I, album. I just had this conversation so with my good. wife. I said uh, so it's my good. favorite Dylan album. Yeah. Oh, Wonderful my stuff. Did you hear how right. Garrison introduced him? No. And now, from the mayor's office above the boat house. Kind of a unique intro on his show. It really is. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Uh, one other musician's death, uh, Gene Taylor, a renowned blues and boogie-woogie pianist in Los Angeles in the 70s and 80s, who moved to Austin, Texas in the 1990s to play with the fabulous Thunderbirds, died Saturday at home in North Austin, North Austin, Texas, that is. He was 68. Taylor's housemate, filmmaker Monty McMillan, said Sunday he found Taylor's body in bed Saturday morning. Oh. The house had been without heat for five days as a result of the statewide power outages related to the recent winter storm. Mc Millen said, I don't really know what happened. I don't know if he had some underlying health conditions or not. We both were just staying in our beds trying to stay warm. I came out of it okay, and obviously he didn't. He was born in Norwalk, California in 1952. He had family ties in the Fort Worth area, and according to Grammy-winning Los Angeles guitarist Dave Alvin, Alvin played with Taylor in the roots rock band The Blasters for several years in the 1980s. Uh, incidentally, not that anybody cares, but one of my favorite bands ever, The Blasters. As a teen in the 1960s, Taylor got gigs in Los Angeles with blues greats like Big Joe Turner and T-Bone Walker. He played in bands around Downey, California with Alvin's older brother, Phil Alvin, in the early 1970s before getting hired to tour with the California rock band Canned Heat. Dave Alvin said he was the first guy to make it out of Downey, so he was sort of our hero. He moved to Canada in the late 70s, spent time playing with Ronnie Hawkins, whose band the Hawks at one time included members of the band. After moving yeah. to California in the early 1980s, Taylor joined the Blasters recording, touring with the group for several years, eventually ending up with the fabulous Thunderbirds. Would he have been at Woodstock with Canned Heat? 
Uh, I think he was with them later. You know, I don't know. I shouldn't say. I, I hate throwing information out when I'm not sure. So right, because you're I, Mr. FYI. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure when he was right. with them. Time I have to this. admit, I am unfamiliar with the Blasters music. Oh, God. Just a, especially in the 80s when things were kind of weird with the you know all the British well, stuff. And, give me a, give some, me, some of which I like. But yeah. Give me a starting point. Which album should I look for? Uh, their first one, which is just called The Blasters, actually. Uh with a guy, a grimacing face on it? That's the one, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm looking stuff. him up right now. It's yeah. just straight ahead R&B rock and roll. It's just okay. old-fashioned, old very old-fashioned. So. All right. Uh, Jason Matheson, our buddy, Kenny. You know Jason well, obviously. You work with him in the morning on, on the, my talk. What? What? Betty and Earl's Biscuit Kitchen. Oh, That's yeah. his restaurant. Right. It's, it's going on the road. Thanks to Goldbelly, the curated marketplace that helps local food purveyors take their goods nationwide. So, what Jason's are you talking about? <laughs> Jason has three jobs. His third job is he owns a, a tiny little restaurant in Roseville. What is yep. it? Center Rosedale. Mall. Rosedale. Rosedale. Mall. Center. Thank you. Yep. Center. It's yep. called Betty and Earl's. That was his grandparents, and they specialize in homemade, handmade biscuits yep. huh. from his grandparents' recipe. And I've never had one, but everybody had. that's had one of these biscuits say they'll change your life and that you'll never meet a biscuit better than a Betty and Earl's biscuit. I have yeah. had them, and you're exactly right. They're phenomenal. They're really good. And not only are they going on the road, but they now offer you can buy them through the mail, and I can have them delivered right to my door up here. Uh, Matheson is host of Fox 9's The Jason Show and host of Jason and Alexis, which uh, features our very own Kenny Olson. He started the restaurant with pastry chef Adrian Odom to highlight his grandfather's biscuit recipe, hey, hey, which hey, Matheson hey. spent years Tell perfecting. Matheson he's got to buy some time here, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> That's enough about this. this. <laughs> Try to help out. Uh, I mean, good luck, helping. Jason, but yeah, come on. We love you and everything. Uh, you're, you're helping your friend Kenny out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, helping Kenny, you know. <laughs> keep, keep maybe working everywhere, as they say. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Uh, speaking of local radio, former KQRS radio personality John Lassman is taking over a St. Cloud morning show that's been trying to recover from an incident that led to its last host's resignation. Aaron Amholt, who had been with WHMH, WHMH FM Rockin' 101 for six years, stepped away in December after ridiculing Des Moines DJ Heather Lee on the air. Oh, but, that guy. He's a real piece of work. Yeah, that's who uh, John is uh, replacing. Good. Uh, Lastman is unlikely to stir up much controversy, but he's no stranger uh, to attempts at edgy comedy. Uh, for five years, he was executive producer on the KQ Morning Show with Tom Bernard, and of course, he was... The Chucker! The Chucker! The chucker. Can't thank you enough for the time. <laughs> he was also an on-air personality at KQ from 83 to 1994. Uh, starting Monday, he'll preside over the Johnny Rock Show, which will air from 6 to 10 a.m. weekday mornings. Nice. Cool. He'll also serve as ops director for Tri-County Broadcasting, which owns the station. Hmm. Well, I told nice. you I, I told you guys, uh, I, I was texting all of you, the, he and Remy on 104.1 were doing yeah. the tribute show to Van Halen. It was yeah. the coolest local live radio yeah. I've heard in 20 years. You, you had me listening to it, and I couldn't get enough of it. it was, I, I told them, I said, make this a, a CD, a podcast, something. I would have listened mm -hmm. to it over and over again. It was yeah. fantastic. Uh, Johnny Rock uh, always has been one of my favorite humans in the business here in town. Yep. Right. Good luck, Lastman.
One more uh, sort of COVID-19 story. After staying home for nearly a year, Americans would give up anything to hit the road again, apparently. Desperate vacationers say they would willingly give up love, sex, yeah. or money yeah. in exchange read. for a trip. I'd rather read. I've, yeah. I've all <laughs> given up all three for absolutely nothing. <laughs> for the low, low I didn't price. get a damn thing, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Not one thing. All I got is them beers. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> More than 80% of those polled said travel is part of a well-rounded life. <laughs> to that end, nearly half or 48% would give up their job. 38% would give up sex for a year. One quarter would fork over all of their savings. And one in five said they'd dump their partner if it meant they could take a trip in the near future. Former no president. comment. Don't, <laughs> yeah, pause. Right. Don't pause there. Just you guys read a book called Where the Crawdads Sing? Have you heard of it? It's sitting in my, uh, uh, my wife wants to read it. She has a copy. Uh, I can't it. recommend it. Uh, she should start immediately. Really? I can't recommend it highly enough. It's been sitting around our nightstands for two years, and I finally started yeah. it between books, and I just love it. Just love it. Okay. It's a story of a young woman basically on her own in the, in the marshland of North Carolina. Uh, and, and then it becomes a murder mystery and what have you. It's very good, very good, is, very good. Is it a fiction book then? Or? Yes, yes, yes. It is, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, former President Donald Trump and his future with the GOP was the subject of a rather awkward moment Wednesday between two House Republican leaders. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy was unequivocal when asked at a presser if Trump should be speaking this Sunday at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, the large gathering of GOP and conservative leaders. He replied, yes, he should. Well, House GOP Conference Chair Liz Cheney, the third-ranking House Republican who voted to impeach Trump, was asked the same question, gave a, a bit of a different answer, saying, well, that's up to CPAC. I don't believe he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. Representative Steve Scalise just shook his head. McCarthy, who was still at the microphone, had a pained look on his face and said, on that high note, thank you, ending the news conference. McCarthy is slated to speak Saturday at the CPAC convention in Orlando, Florida, as is former President Trump. Story you talked about earlier, Joe, American Airlines is not ruling out that one of its jets encountered an apparent UFO over New Mexico last weekend. The passenger airline verified a radio transmission from a flight 2292 Cincinnati to Phoenix at around 1 o'clock Central Time Sunday, which heard the pilot claim the unidentified object was flying right on top of them. Steve Douglas, an experienced radio interceptor and blogger named Deep Black Horizon, claims Mm -hmm. to have heard the strange transmission while recording from his arsenal of scanners. The pilot said in the radio transmission, do you have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. I hate to say this, but it looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast. Speaking to Fox News in a statement, American Airlines verified the transmission is from Flight 2292, but said the channel should contact the FBI if they want any more information. And the the American did contact the military bases in the area, New Mexico, Nevada, what have you. And uh, uh, based on their reports, uh, nothing was reported having been launched. I'm not buying that. I think the the whole UFO thing is a cover-up for human error and launching uh, an uh, unarmed missile. That's what what I'm going with. Ball (laughs) bunion. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why is he called Bucky? <laughs> the only Thank name you. that popped into my mind. Okay. Thank you, Rocking Chair. I appreciate right. that. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods has no memory of the accident that left him with that shattered leg and appeared to be unaware of how badly injured he was when the first deputy got to the scene, according to reports. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva Nueva, told the Times of London at the hospital he was asked about it by the investigator, said he had no recollection of the crash itself. Sheriff's Deputy Carlos Gonzalez, who arrived first at the scene, told NBC that the golfing legend was calm but appeared to be unaware of how badly he was hurt. Deputy said he did not see any signs of impairment at the site. The 45-year-old golf icon remained calm as he was asked uh, as he was asked uh, assessment questions before determining that he needed to call the fire department to help extricate him from the crash. And didn't I read today, John, that uh, the sheriff is now just calling it a, an, an accident? An accident, yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. other signs of anything uh, nefarious no. going on. He said it was an accident, quote, uh, and accidents are not crimes, is exactly what he said, so... In Warren County, a longtime bird watcher said he had a once-in-a-lifetime bird sighting. Oh, my God. You got the my attention. You got my this, attention. The story keeps popping up. I've seen it three days in a row, so I'm using This it. better not be the story I sent you the other day, and you guys all made it fun is. of me. Okay. It is. Okay. I didn't fine. make funny. I, I had it in my news, but uh, Joe stopped me before I got to it. That's so. true. That's true. Okay. The bird sighting, a cardinal that is half male and half female. How do it know? Well, it's striped. It's one color on one side. James Hill posted on Facebook, I had a once-in-a-lifetime, one-in-a-million bird encounter. Hill described the bird, which is known as a bilateral genandromorph. Northern Does it have Cardinal. the two swimsuit areas? Hang on, Joe. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. So bird divided right down the middle, half male and a half female. You see, normally male cardinals, as uh, Chris said, have bright red plumage. I saw one today. White males have buffy brownish. <laughs> Hill says he spotted the cardinal Saturday. Interestingly enough, another half male, half female cardinal was spotted outside of the area just two years ago. That bird was featured in National Geographic magazine. Hill said, could this bird be the same individual bird? Possibly. Their bird was female on the left and male on the right, too. I'm not Hill said he's, this. <laughs> Hill said he's been birding for 48 years, and he heard from the, about the bird from a friend of his homeowner where it was spotted. He got permission from the homeowner to take a few pictures of it. Hill says the homeowners where the bird was spotted don't want to be identified and have people show up to see the bird, but that the bird is in Warren County, Pennsylvania, in the general area of Grand Valley, Pennsylvania, as he stated on his Facebook what, post. What's the word for two swimsuit areas? Aphrodite? Hermaphrodite. Hermaphrodite. So is this serious question? Is this bird a hermaphrodite? I, I don't know. Well, you say it's half male, half female. Do we well, get any reporting just, that just it's got two color. swimsuit areas? No, just from the colors is, is the report. Is there any truth to the rumor that, John, that this guy was able to attract said bird because he had a friend come over and build him a uh, bird feeder in his back? I got here. three hanging out here now from the Bird King. Did the bird, king. bird maybe just don this disguise in order to increase its chances of... <laughs> A uh, good long weekend. Come on over here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one half the bird is carrying a purse. Yep. And the other half is carrying a wrench. If if that's true, Kenny, 
Was he trying to attract male or female birds, or did he care? Both. Both. He or, he or she. Yeah. Be. You know, let's let's have Be. a party. Both. All of the I above. Yeah. Make yourself useful. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga's dog walker was shot in Los Angeles Wednesday night. Oh Suspects my. made off with two of the singer's three dogs. L.A. Police Department Public Information Officer Jeff Lee confirmed to Fox News that a 30-year-old male was shot just before 10 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, the officer also confirmed two French bulldogs were taken during the incident. The singer, who is 34, is now offering a $500,000 reward for information about the dogs whose names are Koji and Gustavo. Any mention of the poor guy who got shot? Is she offering there, anything? There isn't. Wish, you know. A warm-hearted gal. Well, the, uh, a spokesperson did say the dog walker was a friend of the family and said shooting someone in order to steal dogs is wrong. Oh, I'd, I'd go okay, out thanks. There. Thanks for I that think, I think that's good, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that came, actually it wasn't a spokesman, that was her father, I'm sorry, Joe Germanata, uh, said that everybody's upset. Uh, Fox News, the department is treating the case, says the department is treating the case as an assault with a deadly weapon, noting the weapon used was a semi-automatic handgun. But apparently the guy's in satisfactory condition. Yes, even though he was shot four times. You got too much money if you can hire a dog walker. Wasn't well, that the Lewis Black line? My yeah. own personal... No, that's a oh, different thing, Chris. Got yeah. it. Yeah. You guys will be relieved to find out that Katie is rejoining me oh. starting next week. Oh, oh good. Great. Who's yeah. a good girl? That flatulent old bag of bones. <laughs> and let's yes. and let's remind the audience that Katie is the deaf dog that Kenny constantly yells at. Yeah. And since I returned Katie to uh, the owners, uh, her her humans, she has become a house dog. So no more days in the kennel for Katie. Good. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Because when she moved in with me, I made her a house dog. So huh. I'm pretty proud of myself. At a boy. Rat sightings have skyrocketed in London, England during the lockdown, with some pest controllers reporting a 78% rise in callouts. It's thought that uh, London's suburbs are becoming increasingly affected as the rats may have moved out of the city center because nothing's going on in the city center and there's no food for the rats. With offices and restaurants empty, desperate rats are now more likely to target people's homes. In addition, with people spending all their time in their house, more rubbish is being generated, which is luring in even more rats. The British Pest Control Association, which represents 700... <laughs> like the story, do you, Kenny? What year is this? 1638? was off, sorry. <laughs> the British Pest Control Association, which represents 700 rat catchers across the country, told the broadcaster its members reported a 51% hike in rodent activity during the first lockdown, 78% increase in November. They haven't yet calculated figures for the third lockdown, which began in January. I told you I wasn't feeling good before we started. Why, why is that, Kenny? Uh, well, uh, I may have pushed the uh, envelope a little with uh, sure. Dots, Pretzels, and uh, Twizzler bites oh. um, before well, the show. One hell of a uh, diet. Thought, uh, <laughs> thought it would be a tasty and delightful combination. Why don't you eat some grapes once in a while? Wonderful. When, uh, when taken to the limit of your capacity, <laughs> it's uh, not such a great idea. Why don't you do yourself a favor? Not Take a run well. down here and load up on some Grunhofer there stuff, you huh? Go. 
some spinach, bacon, and mozzarella brats, some meatloaf, some steak, some bacon, some ham, some salmon. Realizing, of course, that half of it will be gone by the time you return to northern <laughs> Afghanistan or wherever the hell you live. But you could also bring uh, soup meat bones back with you and have the little woman uh, barefoot Katie? and pregnant in the kitchen uh, stirring up some soup meat for you. Oh, oh. Uh, but you really, you really got to get off this Twizzler and Pretzler kick and uh, get down here and get some real food from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo right on Highway 61, including that new creation from Spencer's Kitchen, the, the spinach, bacon, and mozzarella brat, which sounds fantastic to me. And remember, three kinds of meatloaf, the original meatloaf, the town ball meatloaf with bacon and cheese, the Minnesota meatloaf with mushrooms and wild rice, and that uh, two sizes, one pound or two pounds, and uh, Reavers will alarm us if we need a watch or a warning. We're still under a watch, not a warning yet. For this weekend, which is going to be a fabulous grilling weekend, not that GLers don't grill all year round anyway, but uh, when you do, uh, stock up at Grunhofer's in Hugo. It's right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. Go ahead, Jenny. Oh, okay. I'm that, sorry. I'm no, sorry. Sorry. No. Well, you no. were pointing. Wasn't sure. Yeah, and I, I didn't know if you were pointing to was me. was pointing at John, Chris. I, was, I wasn't sure either, Joe. Uh, oh, hit the sounder. Reason. No, you can okay, hit it. We're just done. Go. Okay. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. We're on the radio. No, we're not. We used to be. It's Positive Thursday, and that means it's Schoonover time. So we started having our weekly conversations with Mike Schoonover, the team leader at Schoonover Body Works and Glass. They're on County E in Lexington and Shoreview. I believe it was December of 2019, so it's been 14 months of wedded bliss between the best body shop in town and the little podcast that could, Garage Logic. Mike's on the line. Hi, Mike. Hey, fellas. So a lot has changed, Mike, in that time span. The biggest, of course, being stupid COVID. And a lot of businesses, uh, they've had a, a mighty struggle. Uh, some didn't make it, but a lot, thankfully, have come out on the other side, worn out, but alive and kicking. And I know it was really tough on you guys, Mike, since everybody basically stopped driving. But I've noticed that levels have really picked up on the freeways as of late, and I'm wondering if you're seeing a change around the shop. Is are things getting better? Uh, you know what they are, Kenny. Uh, but I still feel like uh, you know the, the the Christmas light guy that was on the show years ago. That somebody's playing with a dimmer switch and just driving <laughs> us crazy because it'll pick up and then uh, and then it'll fall off and it'll pick up again and it'll fall off. So. Uh, but I'm I'm confident, you know, the talk around all the COVID, you know, stuff that's going on is seems to be, you know, more positive. And uh, obviously, we're weeks away from spring, which is, uh, you know, super encouraging. And I think people get out and about. So, yeah, I'm 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 hopeful that uh, we'll get back to uh, what should be normal uh, sooner than later. I think you're right because in the last two weeks, you know, when when we, when we haven't had weather events. I've seen backups at bottlenecks where I haven't seen backups in, you know, six, eight, ten months. And I think that's a sign that more and more people are getting out and going back to work in their office as opposed to the basement or the living room. Um, so I, I'm actually really feeling positive about where we are uh, headed both in the community and uh, nationwide. And I really hope that reflects on what you're seeing. Oh, Absolutely. And, you know, I think there's going to be a surge when things do open up because 
you know, there's a lot of vehicles that have been sitting for almost a year. And so, yeah. you know, uh, can you imagine the brake uh, rust that's built up, the batteries that have died, the, you know, all the things that because vehicles haven't been maintained, uh, you know, all the issues that are going to come about. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's all we can well, do. That's a nice segue to my last point here. If your car has the COVID, Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview, they're the antidote. Glass, body, engine, tune-ups, oil changes, uh, tires, brakes, you name it. They do it, and they'll fix what ails that automobile. Uh, they're on County E in Lexington, in Shoreview, and on the World Wide Web at schoonoverbodyworks.com. Oh, I tell you. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Souchere. John, you were interrupted abruptly, and Chris should apologize. I'm sorry, John. It's my fault. You weren't done with the news. You had a late-breaking news bullet. Yeah, the late-breaking news story that we really, really, really have to get to, I think. Uh, This just in. Mr. Potato Head is no longer a mister. What? Hasbro, the company that makes the potato-shaped plastic toy, is giving the spud a gender-neutral new name, Potato Head. Uh, Duluth double, please. Uh, Duluth uh, (laughs) double. That change will appear in boxes this year. Uh, Toy makers, uh, and we had a little bit of this earlier, will uh, have been updating their classic brands to appeal to kids these days. Barbie, for instance, has shed the blonde image and now comes in multiple skin tones and body shapes. Thomas the Tank Engine added more girl characters, and American Girl is now selling a boy doll. Hasbro said Mr. Potato Head, which has been around 70 years, needed a modern makeover. I must ask, though, there is also a Mrs. Potato Head, so what happens to her? I don't know, John. I I don't know. Well, they all end up mashed eventually, don't they? Or and uh, I'll add to that. I'll add to that. No matter how you slice it, Kitty. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Only so. Hold on. Mr. Head uh, was he uh, upset hey, about this? The former Mr. Head. Um, Telling you, I can't take much more. Will I have to change the Toy Stories because there's a Mr. and Mr. Potato? <gasps> Do not mess with the Toy Story movies. Don, Don Rickles was Mr. Potato. That's right, he was. Nope. Kenny, yeah. do you have a question for me? What county do I currently reside on the western edge of? I don't know. Stearns. <laughs> He's close. You asked me yesterday. Off I know, and I can't air. remember. I can't remember. Morrison. It's part of your D counties. Oh, just give me the initial and I'll tell you. I just D. Did. D. What <laughs> I just did. Dakota, Dodge, and Douglas. So it'd be Douglas. There you go. Yep. That's what I wanted. The three. There's only three of them. You're sure? Yep. That's it. Okay. That's All right. it. This day in history. But it's funny that uh, from our friend Tom Lyman in uh, Marlis Park in Mumpumalanga, South Africa. Again, all these dates have to do with counties. In 1856, on this day, Morrison and Sherburne are created. Morrison for the fur traders William and Alan Morrison, and Sherburne for Moses Sherburne, a justice in the Territorial Supreme Court. In 1860, Wantonwan 
County is established, named for the river. Wantonwan means I see in the Dakota language, but the name oh, of the I river see. may have been a misspelling, misspelling of Wantonwan, which means fish bait. Hmm. 1879, Kitson and Marshall counties are created. Kitson honors Norman W. Kitson, a prominent territorial pioneer, and Marshall honors William R. Marshall, fifth governor of the state. Well, so there you have it. And now, only because they come to us as pertinent information, and not just another way to kill time, it's Joe Sushere with this date in Minnesota history. Fantastic. I'll that's tell you what, that bus horn might be better than that. That's from Andy. Thanks, Andy. Hi, Andy. <laughs> uh, so Thank you, GLers. Uh, yes. Serious question. Before there were counties, and we obviously already had a state, What were they just considered open territory? Yes. And do you know why the county system came about in this country? <laughs> why? No, please tell me. No. Because it was decided that everyone should be able to live within a day's horse ride of a courthouse. Ah, oh. hence the county seats. Mm-hmm. Huh. Let me tell you. All right. Sioux Falls is the place, and now is the time. Sioux Falls has build-ready sites and available buildings to get your company up and running fast. Any size company will find fewer taxes, less red tape, and higher profits in Sioux Falls. Check them out online today at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Sioux Falls is in Minnehaha County in South I was Dakota. just looking that up, John. You're reading my boy. <laughs> you guys are nerds. Yeah. Now, yeah. back to the screwdrivers, John. What is your ratio to Phillip heads to regular straight edge? I bet I, I bet I have 20 regular heads and about three Anyway, please make sure to subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. Uh, we are also promoting Pod MN. Make sure you listen to Garage Logic and Pod MN, and you have the chance to win fantastic prizes. Yeah, it's available for your Apple and Android devices. Pod MN. Oh. Minnesota should have a Minnehaha County, and we don't. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. We'll get to the bottom of that and more tomorrow. <laughs> It's that time once again here in Garage Logic GLers where we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Do yourself a favor and get in touch with him today for that free 48-minute financial consultation. And you can do so by calling 952-925-5608. When you call that number, you're going to get the man himself, and you're always going to get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar-coated advice, and Josh is on the line with us right now. And Josh, you'd like to begin today's segment talking about market correction. That's correct, Chris. I've been talking that we're going to to have a little bit of a pullback. I think dating to the end of December, all through January, be prepared for a market pullback. My focus has been on internet-related companies, leisure-related companies, China-related businesses, real assets, short-term trading. I have recommended to my clients keeping an asset allocation mix of up to 30% in cash, primarily for safety and to take advantage of the opportunities that any of these market pullbacks bring about, and then having 
between 30 to 60 percent in value-oriented stocks. Now, my value-oriented stocks is not what most people would look at as value-oriented stocks. That is low price-to-earnings stocks, which typically are commodity or industrial-related. Some right now are in the energy space. Companies that I have specifically avoided for a very long time. Just not an area that I want to focus in. Value, as I see it, can be mispriced merchandise. Companies selling for price sales ratios that are typically below the norm for their particular group. Favorite Apple happens to fit in that category. Favorite Amazon happens to fit in, in that, that category. 30 to 60% in companies that are steadily growing, fast growing, and also for trading. So that's the setup that we use over the last five years, net after fees using our proprietary portfolio, which is real money. Client portfolios are based on uh, that strategy has returned 252% net after fees compared to the S&P 500, up 98.3%. Strategy, I know, work, but you are going to get the inevitable pullbacks. And in a typical year, you get three to four, five to 10% pullbacks. Right now, companies like Apple, Amazon produce excellent, excellent earnings. Stocks are down close to 10% since their earnings report. Money has been rotating out of those stocks because interest rates might be going up. Long-term interest rates, not short-term interest rates. Long-term interest rates moving up, and actually they're back into where they were a year ago. This is not anything tremendous. And I know the fear is with all the spending that could be coming from the federal government that rampant inflation is going to occur. I highly doubt it. Indeed, the Federal Reserve, led by Fed Chairman Powell yesterday, indicated that we're still at least two, possibly three years out from getting continued 2% inflation. Take the cash that you've got, take a look at some companies that have been knocked down, and now you have an opportunity to accumulate those companies at a little bit of a discount. And that's the kind of sound advice you're going to get every time that you pick up that phone and you give Mr. Money Talk a call. Do it today, especially with the volatility, as Josh has always said, that's taking place in the markets. Call them today for that free 48 48- minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608. Josh, as always, thanks so much for the time in the chat. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week. You too. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.